0: And if you're already subscribed, check and make sure that YouTube hasn't unsubscribed you. And of course, be sure to give the video a like, as well as share it on your social media. The white supremacists hate that. Almost 15 years ago or so, when we set out to start this whole little project to found a new black media, one of the things that I had said was that the entire purpose behind what we're doing is to take control of the social discourse within the black community, and to elevate the debate. Taking control of the discourse means that we're going to be guiding where it goes. Instead of having the zone being flooded by a whole bunch of white media bootlicks, we were going to be the ones saying this is what it's really about. And when you wonder, well, have we had really that much of an impact, which you shouldn't be wondering about because the truth of the matter is the white media is not going to validate what we do, but it's a matter of are they feeling the pain yet? Well, judge for yourselves. While the black media made it very clear that we didn't give a damn what the white media was trying to say, we were going to say what needed to be said, what the black consensus actually is. Well, you need look no further than Newsweek. About a week or so after we had gone ahead and had the final word on the subject, making it clear where black folks in America stand, here comes Newsweek with an op ed piece. And I'm not attacking the writer or the piece itself. I just think it's very interesting for the admissions that it makes. Should black Americans champion immigration? Now, of course, this is not to attack the writer or the piece itself. Though I do think it bears noting that the writer usually in this piece, she's coming from a standpoint that you normally hear among the white right, which is, well, what about black folks and jobs? not talking about businesses, not talking about what we're supposed to be getting as far as ownership goes, but nonetheless, there are some interesting things that are said and it just goes to show that yes, the black media is having an impact indeed. And we're making it where they have to move to what we're saying, or at the very least, if they want to have any credibility, they have to start sounding like us. We're damn sure not going to be changing what we're saying to sound like them. Because at first in the piece, the, author, I guess she felt that she needed to warm up to what she was saying, so she didn't come right up the middle. Instead, she starts off by saying, descendants of slaves in the U.S. Now, of course, everybody knows that that's some trick language there. We don't use phrases like descendants of slaves in the U.S. because that goes, you could, sit there and say that about roly-poly. You could say about all these scumbags, about the people who are advocating against reparations. You could say that about all of these folk, practically all Black folks in the U.S., including the Africans who like to consider colonization as not being slavery, just a little game they play with themselves. But most Black folks in the U.S. can trace their lineage back to some slave plantation in the U.S. or in the Caribbean or what have you. So South America, even Canada, by the way, Canada had slavery quiet as it's kept. But the author of the piece, she uses the kind of language that you expect if you're, in the, if you're somebody with the white media decides to publish. Of course, there's going to be the talk about, I'm proud of the US and I'm proud of my family suffering in the US. And well, you know, sometimes America seems to prefer to offer its bounty to others, sometimes, not all the time, but just every once in a while, it seems like it. I'm not sure if it is, but sometimes it kind of seems that way. That's that kind of mandy-pandy language that we can't afford. But nonetheless, the writer, I guess, in order to keep her credibility, she felt like if she was going to tackle this one, the, the outcry, especially for the black grassroots, was simply too loud to be ignored. So she starts off by warming up to it. She can't come up the middle, I guess she's a little bit nervous. But as she gets closer to what the inevitable confession is that she's going to have to make, she actually tries to lump us in with everyone else as if everybody's been fighting as much or as hard as we have and that just ain't true. She actually writes as black Americans and descendants of US slaves continue to fight for the civil rights we were promised On the one hand, that she makes a distinction, she draws a distinction between Black Americans and descendants of U.S. slaves. That's one thing. But the problem with it happens to be she's not drawing it as it needs to be done. That's the reason why we say Black immigrants. Even when talking about roly-poly and talking about Sheila Jackson Lee and such,
1: it's a I have never been here for like 80 years. You you can't call me no
0: immigrant. Well, the reason that we're saying that is because of where your folks come from. We're drawing the distinction based on ancestry, based on lineage, based on bloodline, based on a specific ethnic culture. That's what we're drawing the distinction based on. So, again, this is somebody who, for whatever reason, you can tell that she's she's nervous about her white editors or whatever white person is going to read this before publication, whether or not they're going to like what they see as black Americans and descendants of US slaves. That's the same thing, that's tautological, that's, that's redundant. You need not say black Americans and descendants of US slaves, but she's warming to it because clearly she's not very comfortable with what she knows that she needs to say, what needs, what, what the truth that she has to say. But nonetheless, I guess she gets up some of her little courage or she feels she can't avoid it any longer because in the very next paragraph, she finally comes out and says it with centuries old roots in the United States, black Americans who are descendants of American slaves. And that's all you need to say, there it is. See, that wasn't so hard, now was it? Somebody should go ahead and tell the author of this piece, Miss Pamela Denise Long, to descendants of American slaves. See, that wasn't so hard to say. That's what the title of the piece should have been. That's what the title of this op-ed should have been. Don't sit here trying to tiptoe around the issue and you're going to try to use all of this sneaky weasel word, should black Americans. She sits here and draws a distinction between black Americans and descendants of American slaves. So which if what she means is descendants of American slaves, that's what the headline should have been. But they're terrified to get anywhere close to this because this talks about the power distribution and the little tricks the white supremacy has tried to use to forestall that day. So it's a matter of this is so scary to them, so terrifying to them. Even the ones who pretend like they're going to talk about it, they're so scared they can't even say it. It's like, let's put it in the piece somewhere. We'll go ahead and mention it in the piece. Not very often. But don't put it in the headline. We're not trying to promote this. So Pamela Long, this article here, just from the headline alone, you bogus. But of course, what she's thinking is, I, it would be awkward for me to be on a panel you know, if I ever get on one. You know, my, I might blow my cable, my chances of being on some white cable news channel, but it would be kind of awkward. Yeah, telling the truth is awkward. But there you go. The language that you thought was confined only to the spaces where we are, this is what's the result of your efforts. Those of you who are the Black grassroots, the B one This is what you have done. You are the force multiplier. When you guys are watching the videos that get posted and you're retweeting what it is that we put out there, our posts, and when you guys are doing your own work to help spread the word and establish what the truth is, you guys are the reason this is happening. They can't avoid it. They can't ignore it. They can't pretend like it's not there. Oh, sure, they can try to go ahead and put their little pathetic spin on it. They can try to... To use some mealy mouth weasel words, but they can't avoid the truth. So there you have it. You got Newsweek, as far as they're concerned. Well, we got to say why. Because we, the black grassroots, we have made this part of normal, regular parlance. Because if you depend on the messy Jessies and the Al Hartons and the rally polies and the Joy and the Angela rise with lettuce and tomatoes on the side. If you depend on the white media's hand-picked bootlicks, you will never get the truth spoken. Black will always be a dirty word. Black interest will always be watered down and minimalized and marginalized. Hell, even this Pamela Long woman sitting here saying our country sometimes seems to prefer well, hell, if you're that damn uncertain about it, if you're really not sure whether or not it's a constant problem, then it doesn't sound like a big problem at all. And if you're not sure whether or not the problem exists, or if it only seems to exist, then maybe you should go do some research and find out whether or not it's a big problem and whether or not it's a persistent one, whether or not it even exists. Because she seems to be very confused. Yeah, we don't want to sound too militant, do we? While we're stating basic facts. Don't want to seem too militant. But this is what the Black grassroots have done. And later on in the article, she also states descendants of American slaves, this time in isolation. She doesn't even put the black Americans on the front of it. So that lets you know that apparently as she wrote it, she started to feel a little bit more confident with herself, or at least she felt a little less self-conscious, or perhaps she felt that she could finally just go ahead and say it. America owes a huge debt to descendants of American slaves. There you have it. The kind of Verbiage—the kind of sentiment that you thought these guys were not hearing about—the thing about the white media is they hear about us, they know about us, they've known about us for over a decade and a half. Now, okay, they've known about us, but they're scared to bring it up. They're terrified. And don't go kidding yourself. This Denise Long woman, she's not bringing this up to do us any favors. This Pamela, this Pamela Long woman, she's not bringing this up to do us any favors. This is part of what they are hoping is going to be a pivot. I told you about that with um, Val Demings, CNN sitting here mentioning she's descended from slaves in the U.S. What they're doing is they can't ignore the fact that we are bringing our interest to the forefront to threaten white supremacy, toppling white supremacy, not allowing any more tethers, not allowing any more of these hangers on, not allowing any more of these people who are just here to try to claim to be black until they get foot in the country. as soon as they get their green card, you, are cut human you, we're not allowing that that game's come to an end and since white supremacy never intended to bring in a whole bunch of black immigrants just enough to give themselves some good optics to manufacture some good optics for themselves to manufacture some talking points beneficial to the anti-black racist narrative so they would have themselves their own curated homegrown cherry picked group that they could point to in isolation because most of them black immigrants ain't doing so hot But they'll point to a few of them and say, well, you know, on balance, it seems like a number of them are doing better. And why? They don't seem to complain about racism, and you shouldn't either. That's what the game has been. Well, that game's being spoiled now, because apparently all of these black migrants thought that they were actually on the team. They actually told them, they actually believed that mess. And white supremacists haven't let them know, no, when we say immigrants and immigration, that don't include black folks. That includes these Latinos, that includes the Asians, Europeans. It don't mean black and they're making sure that that is loud and clear. So since that game is beginning to meet its tragic end, we have to make sure that we clarify our position, or should I say re-clarify it, and we're not going to allow the white media to start playing the game of pushing a bunch of homegrown Negro bootlicks. Okay, we, the most dependable bootlicks would be the ones who are glad just to be here. They just stepped off the boat or swam across the Rio Grande a few minutes ago. Well, we're going to go ahead and go back to the old game, the David Clarks, the Clarence Thomas's, blah, blah, blah. We're not allowing any pivot. And they think they're going to use our words to do it. That's the reason why you see them trying to adopt and co-opt our verbiage. They're not doing it to do us any favors. They're not doing it as any sort of concession, at least not the way you would think it. They're doing it because they don't have a choice. We've taken control of the social discourse within the black community. We have sidelined and marginalized the bootlicks. Nobody's listening to the joke reads. Nobody's listening to the Roly Pwns or the Jonathan Parts or the rest of these clowns. Nobody gives a damn what the Jason Johnson says or the Ely Mistal, the Eli Mistals, I should say. We got the bastards on the defensive And we are keeping them there. And that's how it's supposed to be. They do not reflect nor they give a damn about what the black consensus actually is. They're trying to say whatever they think is going to be good enough for their good white paymasters to go ahead and float them another check. They're looking out for themselves. Well, we're looking out for the group. And there is no road in between. You cannot serve white supremacy and serve black empowerment. That's impossible. So you got Newsweek who felt compelled that they got to use some of our language. They feel compelled like they got to go ahead and talk like us for the sake of having credibility. And the longer that we continue what we're doing, the more deeply ingrained and engraved our wording, our language, our speaking is going to become into the discourse. Words matter, that's why when I did that video Over a decade ago, we're all Detroiters. Now, one of the things I pointed out is, is, as black folks who came out of slavery in this country, we keep using the wrong language. Words like economic opportunity, what the hell does that even mean? It means nothing. Then we talk about jobs, and that's exactly what they gave us, jobs. We need businesses, something that we own. Change the wording. When you change the wording, you change what you're talking about. Change what you're talking about, you're gonna be changing what you're fighting about. There are other examples, of course, this Pamela Long woman's not her, her piece ain't the only one, but it just goes to show that hot on the heels of what it is that we have been doing, you got the white media trying to catch up. That's what they're doing. They're playing a game of catch up. They hear what's being said, and yeah, you're not seeing them running around talking about black folks putting on the cape for all of these migrants. Oh, there's been the asinine attempt to say, well, there were a dozen people standing in front of City Hall in Chicago. Yeah, most of them migrants. Well, there were some black folks in California. Man, the people in California, they march just because it's a Tuesday. If it's a day that ends in a Y, somebody in California is doing some demonstrations. I don't mean a damn thing to me. But what you don't see is you don't see any sort of nationwide demonstrations. The migrants ain't got the numbers. As TBA pointed out, they're sitting here going,
1: Can you, can you,
0: can you, can you, can you, can you, um, black folks lend your voices to ours? No, we cannot. This is what standing on your own looks like. You wanted to be your own little group. You thought you were better than. Go ahead and take all the little rhetoric you've been using. Take it to those white supremacists who are whipping you and rounding you up and shipping you back. Go ahead and see if it impresses them. You've been telling yourselves that you're exceptional all this time. Then take your exceptional behind to them white supremacists and go ahead and tell them how valuable you are to them. Come on, you've been telling this lie all this time. Don't stop now. See, this is why, as the black media... We do not and are not about to take any cues from the white media. We're not about to change anything that we're saying just so that we can try to somehow ingratiate ourselves with them. Those guys, they happen to be telling lie after lie, and their job is to try to control public opinion, particularly Black folks' opinion. Our job is to liberate Black opinion. That's the reason why when Mike Bloomberg ran his damn to fail (laughs) presidential campaign, white media started off by saying that Stop and Frisk didn't seem to be hurting Bloomberg with black voters. And then he went down to Brown Chapel AME Church. And next thing you know, the congregation went and turned their backs on him. The very next day, they say, oh, Stop and Frisk just sank Mike Bloomberg's campaign. See, they'll tell these lies big if they think that they can get away with it. They know that what they're saying are lies. They know that most of the headlines and most of the articles and stories they write are pure propaganda. They know there's nothing but BS and lies. But what they don't know is whether or not you're still going for it. That they don't know. And when you prove that you're not, when you prove that you're thinking and acting and standing for yourself and speaking for yourself, then what happens is these guys, like a bunch of snakes, they start trying to slither away from what they've said, trying to find a way to, to pivot to something else. Anything else because while you had the black media telling the truth about what was really going on regarding the Haitian migrant crisis, you had the appropriately named Charles Blow who was trying to run defense for Biden and looking too ridiculous in the process. His arguments quickly became an incoherent mess, as we've shown with all of these Biden butt kissers. Because the black media has made it where they can't run away from Biden's lies, they can't just say, "Oh, Biden just went in and, and things are going great for black folks," and ain't you glad that Biden's in there? And on top of that, you've had some self-inflicted wounds that have happened. You had all this stuff, you know. Obviously, um, Biden was expecting there weren't going to be so many events and so many crises that would happen on his watch, but you know that's the nature of incompetence. We tend to create our own demons. But Charles Blow and the rest of the bootlicks. What's been happening is they've been trying to basically do an apology for old Joe Biden. They've been trying to basically say, oh, we're sorry the black folks feel some kind of way and they're trying to speak out of both sides of the necks and it just don't work. Blow couldn't deny the horrifying optics that were going on down the border, so he didn't even try. This for a white media bootlick, this is what qualifies as being clever, I suppose. Instead, he talked about it in minimalist terms, as if it was some sort of ugly verbal argument that was going on down there and not a targeted mass deportation of black people. He was trying to support his Democratic leftist masters and pretend like he was addressing the masses of black Biden supporters who now felt like the idiots they are for having supported this man. And yes, I said it. There is no excuse for being this stupid this late in the game. All of that black folks who apparently have programmed themselves with that line about, well, so-and-so is too dangerous and so-and-so is this. As black folks, you got some black folks who are just addicted to being scared. You got some black folks who don't seem to understand why supremacy is kicking you from the left and the right. It's not a matter of, oh, if we if we don't vote this kind of ways, oh, this bad stuff's gonna happen. You have to show me where these white supremacists on the left have been protecting black people before you can tell me that so-and-so is too dangerous or what will happen to us? It's just too scary what will happen to us if so-and-so gets in office or remains in office. You have to show me where the so-called alternative candidate has done anything to protect us. Otherwise, you don't have an argument. But that's what's going on here. Blow starts off with a question. How much of this can black people stand? That's a false premise right there. When it comes to anti-black racism, there is no amount that we can afford to stand. But he starts off with the premise of black folks, we should just need to hang in there. How much of this can we take? He doesn't start off from the standpoint of black folks have had enough. He doesn't start off from the the standpoint of we've been pushed too damn far and how long before black folks are tearing stuff up again. He doesn't start off from that standpoint. But then again, Charles Blow, like the rest of the black bootlicks in the white media. They know that there ain't some there's not some groundswell of black folks in this country who are willing to put on the cake for these migrants. The worm has turned. Oh, no, that ship has sailed, sank out at sea with all hands aboard. What's happening is you got the majority of black folks in this country who came out of slavery in the U.S., the descendants of American slaves, Mrs. Long. And what's happening is the vast majority of black folks in this country understand that these migrants have made it excruciatingly clear that as far as they're concerned, they're not with us, they're not one of us, they are distinct and different from us, and what we're saying is, okay, as you wish. And when it comes to dealing with these white supremacists, you need to be distinct and different from us on that, too. Oh, you don't wanna be anywhere near us? Good, when these white supremacists are coming at you and whipping you on the border, you'll be staying the hell away from us too. You need support, stay the hell away from us. It is every man for himself, remember? But that's the that just goes to show that even when you're trying to craft your propaganda, when you start off trying to prop up a lie, you immediately lapse into incoherence blow goes on to say that having biden in the white house is exponentially better than trump oh really because i can't see how it's any different other than in rhetoric barely and for anyone with an iq higher than their shoe size they understand that that's a distinction without a difference ah but these are the white media bootlicks we're talking about so there's no accounting for intelligence and you can tell that the black bootlicks of the white media's employed are getting more and more nervous as they see the little influence they pretended and told themselves they have, has evaporated in the face of the black media. Yeah, when you don't have the only place where black folks are talking being MSNBC and CNN, when you don't have a white media monopoly that gives you the ability to spout gibberish without contest and without reputation, you can pretend as if you got influence. But now you got these folks out here who actually speak for the streets. And what you're finding is nobody wants to hear what you have to say. And the Charles Blows are becoming very, very nervous. They should be. He tries to go ahead and replay the old golden. Well, Biden, he's better than Trump. If that were true, it wouldn't have to be said, now would it? If Biden was really better than Trump, then why do you have to say it? Blow goes on to push the perverse idea that we are obligated to choose one of the two major parties come election time and that, quote, protest abstentions are suicidal. This is the same line of crap we heard last year. These guys have got no new material. Well, for all of you black Biden supporters out there, you voted for the lesser of two evils. How's that working out for you? You happy with your choice? Don't you see the diff? Come on, this is a lot different, ain't it? Hell, even Newsweek had to point out that Biden has as many migrants in private detention centers and private prisons as Trump did. I'm still waiting to see this difference. If Biden's better than Trump, ain't he supposed to be different? I mean, you see the level of self-deception and deliberate suspension of common sense that you have to engage in just to go along with the garbage that this guy says. Blow then goes on to tell a bald-faced lie. He says it's not that Biden hasn't advanced policies that benefit the African American community, efforts that the White House is quick to laud, as it should, when he faces criticism. Well, that's three lies for the price of one. First of all, we've been showing from day one that Biden hasn't done a damn thing for black people. That's why Blow sits here and says Biden's done things that benefit us. But he can't actually name any of these alleged policies. Shouldn't he be giving us the rundown, especially in the face of a political crisis for Biden like this? He ought to be pointing out, well, before, before all of you black folks decide that maybe you've got buyer's remorse with Biden, we need to list to you all the good stuff he's done. This is just a bump in the road. Remember, Biden, he's got our backs like he said. That's what he should be doing. He should be giving us the rundown of all the stuff Biden's done that black folks ought to be grateful for. Instead, he don't say a damn thing. He just says Biden's benefited black Americans, and then he moves right along. I told you about that same crap that came out of the griot. They're sitting here saying that Biden's policies secure Generation Z's future. Then when you read the article, it's nothing but proposal, 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 proposal. They know that they're professional BS artists selling us a line of bull. But again, they want to see, are you dumb enough to fall for it? Biden's done things for everyone, including billions of dollars for Afghan refugees. But he had done nothing for us. What two or three insincere promises that he was forced to make during the campaign because he, he had his back to a corner. We had a boxed in. But the few insincere promises he made last year, he's already declared in the first month or two of his administration, he ain't doing none of it. So this is Charles Blow trying to keep his white paymasters masters happy, especially when you're sitting here slinging the slime for the New York Times. This is the kind of lies you got to tell. They expect him to blatantly lie and lie big. Otherwise, he ain't going to get no more of these make work token op-ed pieces, no more guest panels on MSNBC. He gets kicked out of the white media's pet Negro club and bootlicks like Charles Blow, they know exactly what that means. You get banished to the media ghetto alongside Goldie Taylor, Star Jones, and Roly Poly Martin. Charles Blow then sneakily transitions from a lie to literally praising Biden for nothing. He takes the non-existent benefits that Biden hasn't given to black folks. And then he says that Biden's White House Brags on itself, and they should. Really? He, of course, knows that this is crap, and even if people are slow enough to believe it, he realizes that we just had four years of a president who the white media pretended to wag their finger at because he was nothing more than a braggart who boasted about himself full-time, and now you got Blow remarking that Biden and his administration should be Giving themselves a pat on that they should be quick to laud what they've done for the black community why is it then if they've done so much for the black community i would think that would be self-explanatory i would think that black folks would be singing biden's praises on their own they wouldn't need him to leave the chorus and to sing his praises all by himself but that's the thing ain't nobody singing biden's praises so you got boot licks like blow who's sitting here trying to get something going. Come
1: on, everybody. Let's have another round of how great Biden art, how all the stuff he's done for us, all black folks out here, every Negro in America knows how much good Massa Biden's done for the black community. Ain't that right, everybody?
0: So Blow tries to split the baby and say that Biden's cabal of cronies praise themselves for their imaginary support of the black community and Blow has the nerve to say as they should. So we have a blustering gang of braggarts in the White House telling everyone how great they are and the would be spokesperson for black folks says that they should based on absolutely nothing. Now, obviously, of course, Charles Blow is auditioning for a White House gig Obviously, as far as Blow's concerned, he should have gotten himself some sort of upgrade. The white media should have given him some sort of at least weekend show. Hell, if Jonathan putting on his cape heart gets something, I guess Blow's like, I kiss more butt than this guy ever has. I don't, I don't know why I can't get something. Well, that's obviously he's over there part time with Mark Lamont, you big dummy shill over at BNC, that little dying, sinking ship, that little dingy raft with nothing but holes in it. As far as blow is concerned. Oh, God, I'm on Skid Row. I got to get the hell out of here before I wind up doing a little struggle closet show with Roly Poly Martin. So this is what he has to do. This is this is what you're reduced to when you're a black bootleg for the white media. This is what you got to lower yourself to. Oh, yeah, he's letting them know he understands he's got to lie and lie big and that they're quick to brag on themselves. And if they put him on the payroll, he'll go ahead and he'll lend his melanin to validate their lives. Given the conditions of the border last week, Blow should be heaping scorn on Biden. Instead, the most that he could muster to say was there's an appraisal of Biden at this point that isn't kind. Ordinarily, I would ask, at least rhetorically, how do these bootlicks look at themselves in the mirror? But you know, the truth of the matter is either they don't look at themselves in the mirror. In the case of Rolly Polly Martin, I can certainly understand why. And if you're already subscribed, check and make sure that YouTube hasn't unsubscribed you. And of course, be sure to give the video a like, as well as share it on your social media. The white supremacists hate that. Almost 15 years ago or so, when we set out to start this whole little project to found a new black media. One of the things that I had said was that the entire purpose behind what we're doing is to take control of the social discourse within the black community and to elevate the debate. Taking control of the discourse means that we're going to be guiding where it goes. Instead of having the zone being flooded by a whole bunch of white media bootlicks, we were going to be the ones saying this is what it's really about. And when you wonder, well, have we had really that much of an impact, which you shouldn't be wondering about because the truth of the matter is the white media is not going to validate what we do, but it's a matter of, are they feeling the pain yet? Well, judge for yourselves. While the black media made it very clear that we didn't give a damn what the white media was trying to say, we were going to say what needed to be said, what the black consensus actually is, well, you need look no further than Newsweek. About a week or so after we had gone ahead and had the final word on the subject, making it clear where black folks in America stand, here comes Newsweek with an op-ed piece And I'm not attacking the writer or the piece itself, I just think it's very interesting for the admissions that it makes. Should black Americans champion immigration? Now, of course, this is not to attack the writer or the piece itself, though I do think it bears noting that the writer usually in this piece she's coming from a standpoint that you normally hear among the white right, which is, well, what about black folks and jobs? not talking about businesses, not talking about what we're supposed to be getting as far as ownership goes. But nonetheless, there are some interesting things that are said, and it just goes to show that, yes, the black media is having an impact indeed, and we're making it where they have to move to what we're saying, or at the very least, if they want to have any credibility, they have to start sounding like us. We're damn sure not going to be changing what we're saying to sound like them. Because at first in the piece, the author i guess she felt that she needed to warm up to what she was saying so she didn't come right up the middle instead she starts off by saying descendants of slaves in the u.s now of course everybody knows that that's some trick language there we don't use phrases like descendants of slaves in the u.s because that goes you could sit there and say that about roly-poly you could say about all these scumbags about the people who are advocating against reparations you could say that about all of these folk practically all black folks in the u.s including the africans who like to consider colonization as not being slavery just a little game they play with themselves but most black folks in the u.s can trace their lineage back to some slave plantation in the u.s or in the caribbean or what have you so South America, even Canada, by the way, Canada had slavery quiet as it's kept. But the author of the piece, she uses the kind of language that you expect if you're in the, if you're somebody with the white media decides to publish. Of course, there's going to be the talk about, I'm proud of the U.S. and I'm proud of my family's suffering in the U.S. And Well, you know, sometimes America seems to prefer to offer its bounty to others, sometimes, not all the time, but just every once in a while, it seems like it. I'm not sure if it is, but sometimes it kind of seems that way. That's that kind of mandy-pandy language that we can't afford. But nonetheless, the writer, I guess, in order to keep her credibility, she felt like if she was going to tackle this one, the, the outcry, especially for the black grassroots, was simply too loud to be ignored. So she starts off by warming up to it. She can't come up the middle, I guess she's a little bit nervous. But as she gets closer to what the inevitable confession is that she's going to have to make, she actually tries to lump us in with everyone else as if everybody's been fighting as much or as hard as we have and that just ain't true. She actually writes as black Americans and descendants of US slaves continue to fight for the civil rights we were promised, on the one hand that she makes a distinction, she draws a distinction between black Americans and descendants of US slaves. That's one thing, but the problem with it happens to be, she's not drawing it as it needs to be done. We, that's the reason why we say black immigrants, even when talking about roly poly and talking about Sheila Jackson Lee and such.
1: It's I have never been here for like 80 years. You can't call me no
0: immigrant. Well, the reason that we're saying that is because of where your folks come from. We're drawing the distinction based on ancestry, based on lineage, based on bloodline, based on a specific ethnic culture. That's what we're drawing the distinction based on. So, again, this is somebody who, for whatever reason, you can tell that she's she's nervous about her white editors or whatever white person is going to read this before <coughs> publication, whether or not they're going to like what they see as black Americans and descendants of US slaves. That's the same thing, that's tautological, that's, that's redundant. You need not say black Americans and descendants of US slaves, but she's warming to it because clearly she's not very comfortable with what she knows that she needs to say, what needs with the truth that she has to say. But nonetheless, I guess she gets up some of her little courage or she feels she can't avoid it any longer because in the very next paragraph, she finally comes out and says it with centuries-old roots in the United States, black Americans who are descendants of American slaves, and that's all you need to say. There it is. See, that wasn't so hard, now was it? Somebody should go ahead and tell the author of this piece, Miss Pamela Denise Long, to descendants of American slaves. See, that wasn't so hard to say. That's what the title of the piece should have been. That's what the title of this op-ed should have been. Don't sit here trying to tiptoe around the issue and you're gonna to try to use all of this sneaky weasel word, should black Americans. She sits here and draws a distinction between black Americans and descendants of American slaves. So which if what she means is descendants of American slaves, that's what the headline should have been but they're terrified to get anywhere close to this because this talks about the power distribution and the little tricks the white supremacy has trying to use to forestall that day. So it's a matter of this is so scary to them, so terrifying to them. Even the ones who pretend like they're gonna talk about it, they're so scared they can't even say it. It's like, let's put it in the piece somewhere. We'll go ahead and mention it in the piece, not very often, but don't put it in the headline. We're not trying to promote this. So Pamela Long, this article here, just from the headline alone, you bogus. But of course, what she's thinking is I it would be awkward for me to be on a panel you know, if I ever get on one. You know, my, I might blow my cable my chances of being on some white cable news channel, but it would be kind of awkward. Yeah, telling the truth is awkward. But there you go. The language that you thought was confined only to the spaces where we are. This is what's the result of your efforts. Those of you who are the black grassroots, the B1, this is what you have done. You are the force multiplier. When you guys are watching the videos that get posted and you're retweeting what it is that we put out there, our posts, and when you guys are doing your own work to help spread the word and establish what the truth is, you guys are the reason this is happening. They can't avoid it. They can't ignore it. They can't pretend like it's not there. Oh, sure, they can try to go ahead and put their little pathetic spin on it. They can try to... To use some mealy mouth weasel words, but they can't avoid the truth. So there you have it. You got Newsweek. As far as they're concerned, well, we got to say why. Because we, the black grassroots, we have made this part of normal, regular parlance. Because if you depend on the messy Jessies and the Al Hartons and the rally polies and the Joy and the Angela Rise with lettuce and tomatoes on the side. If you depend on the white media's hand-picked bootlicks, you will never get the truth spoken. Black will always be a dirty word. Black interests will always be watered down and minimalized and marginalized. Hell, even this Pamela Long woman sitting here saying, our country sometimes seems to prefer. Well, hell, if you're that damn uncertain about it, if you're really not sure whether or not it's a constant problem, then it doesn't sound like a big problem at all. And if you're not sure whether or not the problem exists or if it only seems to exist, then maybe you should go do some research and find out whether or not it's a big problem and whether or not it's a persistent one, whether or not it even exists. Because She seems to be very confused. Yeah, we don't want to sound too militant, do we, while we're stating basic facts. Don't want to seem too militant. But this is what the Black grassroots have done. And later on in the article, she also states descendants of American slaves, this time in isolation. She doesn't even put the Black Americans on the front of it. So that lets you know that apparently as she wrote it, she started to feel a little bit more confident with herself, or at least she felt a little less self-conscious. Or perhaps she felt that she could finally just go ahead and say it. America owes a huge debt to descendants of American slaves. There you have it. The kind of verbiage, the kind of sentiment that you thought these guys were not hearing about. The thing about the white media is they hear about us, they know about us, they've known about us for over a decade and a half, okay? They've known about us, but they're scared to bring it up, they're terrified. And don't go kidding yourself. This Denise Long woman, she's not bringing this up to do us any favors. This Pamela Pamela Long woman, she's not bringing this up to do us any favors. This is part of what they are hoping is going to be a pivot. I told you about that with um, Val Demings. CNN sitting here mentioning she's descended from slaves in the U.S. What they're doing is they can't ignore the fact that we are bringing our interest to the forefront. To threaten white supremacy, toppling white supremacy, not allowing any more tethers, not allowing any more of these hangers on, not allowing any more of these people who are just here to try to claim to be black until they get foot in the country. And as soon as they get their green card, you are cut. We're not allowing that. That game's come to an end. And since white supremacy never intended to bring in a whole bunch of black immigrants just enough to give themselves some good optics, to manufacture some good optics for themselves, to manufacture some talking points beneficial to the anti-black racist narrative, so they would have themselves their own curated, homegrown, cherry-picked group that they could point to in isolation, because most of the black immigrants ain't doing so hot. But they'll point to a few of them and say, well, you know, on balance, it seems like a number of them are doing better. And why? They don't seem to complain about racism, and you shouldn't either. That's what the game has been. Well, that game's being spoiled now, because apparently all of these black migrants thought that they were actually on the team. They actually told them, they actually believed that mess. And white supremacists haven't let them know, no, when we say immigrants and immigration, that don't include black folks. That includes these Latinos, that includes the Asians, Europeans. It ain't, don't mean black. And they're making sure that that is loud and clear so since that game is beginning to meet its tragic end we have to make sure that we clarify our position or should i say re-clarify it and we're not going to allow the white media to start playing the game of pushing a bunch of homegrown Negro bootlegs, okay, the most dependable bootlicks would be the ones who are glad just to be here. They just stepped off the boat or swam across the Rio Grande a few minutes ago. Well, we're going to go ahead and go back to the old game, the David Clarks, the Clarence Thomases, blah, blah, blah. We're not allowing any pivot. And they think they're going to use our words to do it. That's the reason why you see them trying to adopt and co-opt our verbiage. They're not doing it to do us any favors. They're not doing it as any sort of concession, at least not the way you would think it. They're doing it because they don't have a choice. We've taken control of the social discourse within the black community. We have sidelined and marginalized the bootlicks. Nobody's listening to the joke reads. Nobody's listening to the Roly Pwns or the Jonathan Parts or the rest of these clowns. Nobody gives a damn what the Jason Johnson says or the Ely Mistal, the Eli Mistals, I should say. We got the bastards on the defensive and we are keeping them there. And that's how it's supposed to be. They do not reflect nor they give a damn about what the black consensus actually is. They're trying to say whatever they think is going to be good enough for their good white paymasters to go ahead and float them another check. They're looking out for themselves. Well, we're looking out for the group. And there is no road in between. You cannot serve white supremacy and serve black empowerment. That's impossible. So you got Newsweek who felt compelled that they got to use some of our language. They feel compelled like they got to go ahead and talk like us for the sake of having credibility. And the longer that we continue what we're doing, the more deeply ingrained and engraved our wording, our language, our speaking is going to become into the discourse. Words matter. That's why when I did that video over a decade ago, we're all Detroiters. Now, one of the things I pointed out is is as black folks who came out of slavery in this country, we keep using the wrong language. Words like economic opportunity. What the hell does that even mean? It means nothing. Then we talk about jobs, and that's exactly what they gave us, jobs. We need businesses, something that we own. Change the wording. When you change the wording, you change what you're talking about. Change what you're talking about, you're going to be changing what you're fighting about. There are other examples, of course. This Pamela Long woman's not her, her piece ain't the only one, but it just goes to show that hot on the heels of what it is that we have been doing, you got the white media trying to catch up. That's what they're doing. They're playing a game of catch up. They hear what's being said, and yeah, you're not seeing them running around talking about black folks putting on the cape for all of these migrants. Oh, there's been the asinine attempt to say, well, there were a dozen people standing in front of City Hall in Chicago. Yeah, most of them migrants. Well, there were some black folks in California. Man, people in California, they march just because it's Tuesday. If it's a day that ends in a Y, somebody in California is doing some demonstrations. I don't mean a damn thing to me. But what you don't see is, you don't see sort of nationwide demonstrations The migrants ain't got the numbers. As TBA pointed out, they're sitting here going,
1: Can you, I can't I can you, can
0: you, can niggas, can you, can you um, black folks lend your voices to ours? No, we cannot. This is what standing on your own looks like. You wanted to be your own little group, you thought you were better than, go ahead and take all the little rhetoric you've been using, take it to those white supremacists who are whipping you and rounding you up and shipping you back, Go ahead and see if it impresses them. You've been telling yourselves that you're exceptional all this time, then take your exceptional behind-to-them white supremacists and go ahead and tell them how valuable you are to them. Come on, you've been telling this lie all this time. Don't stop now. See, this is why, as the black media, we do not and are not about to take any cues from the white media. We're not about to change anything that we're saying just so that we can try to somehow ingratiate ourselves with them those guys they happen to be telling lie after lie and their job is to try to control public opinion particularly black folks opinion our job is to liberate black opinion that's the reason why when mike bloomberg ran his damn to fail (laughs) presidential campaign the white media started off by saying that stop and frisk didn't seem to be hurting bloomberg with black voters and then he went down to Brown Chapel AME Church. And next thing you know, the congregation went and turned their backs on them the very next day. They say, Oh, stop and frisk, just sink Mike Bloomberg's campaign. See, they'll tell these lies big if they think that they can get away with it. They know that what they're saying are lies. They know that most of the headlines and most of the articles and stories they write are pure propaganda. They know that it's nothing but BS and lies. But what they don't know is whether or not you're still going for it. That they don't know. And when you prove that you're not, when you prove that you're thinking and acting and standing for yourself and speaking for yourself, then what happens is these guys, like a bunch of snakes, they start trying to slither away from what they've said, trying to find a way to to pivot to something else, anything else. Because while you had the black media telling the truth about what was really going on regarding the Haitian migrant crisis, you had the appropriately named Charles Blow, who was trying to run defense for Biden and looking too ridiculous in the process. His arguments quickly became an incoherent mess, as we've shown with all of these Biden butt kissers. Because the black media has made it where they can't run away from Biden's lies. They can't just say, oh, Biden just went in and, and things are going great for black folks. And ain't you glad that Biden's in there? And on top of that, you've had some self-inflicted wounds that have happened. you had all this stuff. You know, Obviously, um, Biden was expecting there weren't going to be so many events and so many crises that would happen on his watch. But you know, that's the nature of incompetence. We tend to create our own demons. But Charles Blow and the rest of the bootlicks... What's been happening is they've been trying to basically do an apology for old Joe Biden. They've been trying to basically say, oh, we're sorry the black folks feel some kind of way. And they're trying to speak out of both sides of the necks and it just don't work. Blow couldn't deny the horrifying optics that were going on down the border. So he didn't even try this for a white media bootlick. This is what qualifies as being clever, I suppose. Instead, he talked about it in minimalist terms, as if it was some sort of ugly verbal argument that was going on down there and not a targeted mass deportation of black people. He was trying to support his Democratic leftist masters and pretend like he was addressing the masses of black Biden supporters who now felt like the idiots they are for having supported this man. And yes, I said it. There is no excuse for being this stupid this late in the game. All of that black folks who apparently have programmed themselves with that line about, well, so-and-so is too dangerous and so-and-so is this. As black folks, you got some black folks who are just addicted to being scared. You got some black folks who don't seem to understand white supremacy is kicking you from the left and the right. It's not a matter of, oh if we if we don't vote this kind of ways, oh this bad stuff's going to happen. You have to show me where these white supremacists on the left have been protecting black people before you can tell me that, So-and-so is too dangerous, or what will happen to us? It's just too scary what will happen to us if so-and-so gets into office or remains in office. You have to show me where the so-called alternative candidate has done anything to protect us. Otherwise, you don't have an argument. But that's what's going on here. Blow starts off with a question. How much of this can black people stand? That's a false premise right there. When it comes to anti-black racism, there is no amount that we can afford to stand. But he starts off with the premise of black folks, we should just need to hang in there. How much of this can we take? He doesn't start off from the standpoint of black folks have had enough. He, he doesn't start off from the from the standpoint of, we've been pushed too damn far and how long before black folks are tearing stuff up again. He doesn't start off from that standpoint. But then again, Charles Blow, like the rest of the black bootlicks in the white media, They know that there ain't some, there's not some groundswell of black folks in this country who are willing to put on the cake for these migrants. The worm has turned. Oh no, that ship has sailed and sank out at sea with all hands aboard. What's happening is you got the majority of black folks in this country who came out of slavery in the U.S., the descendants of American slaves, Mrs. Long. And what's happening is the vast majority of black folks in this country Understand that these migrants have made it excruciatingly clear that as far as they're concerned, they're not with us, they're not one of us, they are distinct and different from us, and what we're saying is, okay, as you wish. And when it comes to dealing with these white supremacists, you need to be distinct and different from us on that, too. Oh, you don't want to be anywhere near us? Good, when these white supremacists are coming at you and whipping you on the border, you'll be staying the hell away from us, too. You need support? Stay the hell away from us. It is every man for himself, remember? But that that's just goes to show that even when you're trying to craft your propaganda, when you start off trying to prop up a lie, you immediately lapse into incoherence. Blow goes on to say that having Biden in the White House is exponentially better than Trump. Oh, really? Because I can't see how it's any different other than in rhetoric, barely. And for anyone with an IQ higher than their shoe size, they understand that that's a distinction without a difference. Ah, but these are the white media bootlegs we're talking about, so there's no accounting for intelligence. And you can tell that the black bootlegs of the white media's employed are getting more and more nervous as they see the little influence they pretended and told themselves they had has evaporated in the face of the black media. Yeah, when you don't have the only place where black folks are talking being MSNBC and CNN, when you don't have a white media monopoly that gives you the ability to spout gibberish without contest and without reputation, you can pretend as if you got influence. But now you got these folks out here who actually speak for the streets. And what you're finding is nobody wants to hear what you have to say. And the Charles Blows are becoming very, very nervous. They should be. He tries to go ahead and replay the old golden. Well, Biden, he's better than Trump. If that were true, it wouldn't have to be said, now would it? If Biden was really better than Trump, then why do you have to say it? Blow goes on to push the perverse idea that we are obligated to choose one of the two major parties at come election time and that, quote, protest abstentions are suicidal. This is the same line of crap we heard last year. These guys have got no new material. Well, for all of you black Biden supporters out there, you voted for the lesser of two evils. How's that working out for you? You happy with your choice? Don't you see the difference? Come on, this is a lot different, ain't it? Hell, even Newsweek had to point out that Biden has as many migrants in private detention centers and private prisons as Trump did. I'm still waiting to see this difference. If Biden's better than Trump, ain't he supposed to be different? I mean, you see the level of self-deception and deliberate suspension of common sense that you have to engage in just to go along with the garbage that this guy says. Blow then goes on to tell a bald-faced lie. He says it's not that Biden hasn't advanced policies that benefit the African-American community, efforts that the White House is quick to laud, as it should when he faces criticism. Well, that's three lies for the price of one. First of all, we've been showing from day one that Biden hasn't done a damn thing for black people. That's why Blow sits here and says, Biden's done things that benefit us, but he can't actually name any of these alleged policies. Shouldn't he be giving us the rundown, especially in the face of a political crisis for Biden like this? He ought to be pointing out, well, before, you know, before all of you black folks decide
1: that maybe you've got buyer's remorse with Biden, we need to listen you all
0: the good stuff he's done. This is just a bump in the road. Remember, Biden, he's got our backs like he said. That's what he should be doing. He should be giving us the rundown of all the stuff Biden's done that black folks ought to be grateful for. Instead, he don't say a damn thing. He just says Biden's benefited black Americans, and then he moves right along. I told you about that same crap that came out of the Grio. They're sitting here saying that Biden's policies secure Generation Z's future. Then when you read the article, it's nothing but proposal, 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 proposal. proposal. They know that they're professional BS artists selling us a line of bull. But again, they want to see, are you dumb enough to fall for it? Biden's done things for everyone, including billions of dollars for Afghan refugees, but he had done nothing for us. What two or three insincere promises that he was forced to make during the campaign because he was—he had his back to a corner, we had a boxed in. But the few insincere promises he made last year, he's already declared in the first month or two of his administration, he ain't doing none of it. So this is Charles Blow trying to keep his white pay masters happy, especially when you're sitting here slinging the slime for the New York Times. This is the kind of lies you got to tell. They expect him to blatantly lie and lie big. Otherwise, he ain't going to get no more of these make work token op-ed pieces, no more guest panels on MSNBC. He gets kicked out of the white media's pet Negro club and bootlicks like Charles Blow. They know exactly what that means. You get banished to the media ghetto alongside Goldie Taylor, Star Jones, and Roly Poly Martin. Charles Blow then sneakily transitions from a lie to literally praising Biden for nothing. He takes the non-existent benefits that Biden hasn't given to black folks. And then he says that Biden's White House Brags on itself and they should. Really? He of course knows that this is crap, and even if people are slow enough to believe it, he realizes that we just had four years of a president who the white media pretended to wag their finger at because he was nothing more than a braggart who boasted about himself full-time, and now but you got blow remarking that Biden and his administration should be giving themselves a pat on that. They should be quick to laud what they've done for the black community. Why is it then if they've done so much for the black community, I would think that would be self-explanatory. I would think that black folks would be singing Biden's praises on their own. They wouldn't need him to leave the chorus and to sing his praises all by himself. But that's the thing. Ain't nobody singing Biden's praises. So you got boot licks like blow, who's sitting here trying to get something going. Come
1: on, everybody. Let's have another round of how great Biden art, how all the stuff he's done for us. All black folks out here, every Negro in America knows how much good NASA Biden's done for the black community. Ain't that right, everybody?
0: So Blow tries to split the baby and say that Biden's cabal of cronies praise themselves for their imaginary support of the black community. And Blow has the nerve to say as they should. So we have a blustering gang of braggarts in the White House telling everyone how great they are. And the would be spokesperson for black folks says that they should based on absolutely nothing. Now, obviously, of course, Charles Blow is auditioning for a White House gig Obviously, as far as Blow's concerned, he should have gotten himself some sort of upgrade. The white media should have given him some sort of at least weekend show. Hell, if Jonathan putting on his cape heart gets something. I guess Blow's like, i kiss more butt than this guy ever has. I don't don't know why I can't get something. Well, that's obviously he's over there part-time with Mark Lamont, you big dummy shill over at BNC, that little dying, sinking ship. That little dingy raft with nothing but holes in it. As far as blow is concerned. Oh, God, I'm on Skid Row. I got to get the hell out of here. Before I wind up doing a little struggle closet show with roly poly Martin. So this is what he has to do. This is this is what you're reduced to when you're a black bootleg for the white knee. This is what you got to lower yourself to. Oh, yeah, he's letting them know he understands he's got to lie and lie big and that they're quick to brag on themselves. And if they put him on the payroll, he'll go ahead and he'll lend his melanin to validate their lives. Given the conditions of the border last week, Blow should be keeping scorn on Biden. Instead, the most that he could muster to say was, there's an appraisal of Biden at this point that isn't kind. Ordinarily, I would ask, at least rhetorically, how do these bootlicks look at themselves in the mirror? But you know, the truth of the matter is, either they don't look at themselves in the mirror, and in the case of Roly-Poly Martin, I can certainly understand why, And if you're already subscribed, check and make sure that YouTube hasn't unsubscribed you. And of course, be sure to give the video a like, as well as share it on your social media. The white supremacists hate that. Almost 15 years ago or so, when we set out to start this whole little project to found a new black media, one of the things that I had said was that the entire purpose behind what we're doing is to take control of the social discourse within the black community and to elevate the debate. Taking control of the discourse means that we're going to be guiding where it goes. Instead of having the zone being flooded by a whole bunch of white media bootlicks, we were going to be the ones saying this is what it's really about. And when you wonder, well, have we had really that much of an impact, which you shouldn't be wondering about because the truth of the matter is the white media is not going to validate what we do, but it's a matter of, are they feeling the pain yet? Well, judge for yourselves. While the black media made it very clear that we didn't give a damn what the white media was trying to say, we were going to say what needed to be said, what the black consensus actually is. Well, you need look no further than Newsweek. About a week or so after we had gone ahead and had the final word on the subject, making it clear where black folks in America stand, here comes Newsweek with an op-ed piece and I'm not attacking the writer or the piece itself. I just think it's very interesting for the admissions that it makes. Should black Americans champion immigration? Now, of course, this is not to attack the writer or the piece itself, though I do think it bears noting that the writer, usually in this piece, she's coming from a standpoint that you normally hear among the white right, which is, well, what about black folks and jobs? not talking about businesses, not talking about what we're supposed to be getting as far as ownership goes. But nonetheless, there are some interesting things that are said. And it just goes to show that yes, the black media is having an impact indeed. And we're making it where they have to move to what we're saying, or at the very least, if they want to have any credibility, they have to start sounding like us. We're damn sure not going to be changing what we're saying to sound like them. Because at first in the piece, the author i guess she felt that she needed to warm up to what she was saying so she didn't come right up the middle instead she starts off by saying descendants of slaves in the u.s now of course everybody knows that that's some trick language there we don't use phrases like descendants of slaves in the u.s because that goes you could sit there and say that about roly-poly you could say about all these scumbags about the people who are advocating against reparations you could say that about all of these folk practically all black folks in the u.s including the africans who like to consider colonization as not being slavery just a little game they play with themselves but most black folks in the u.s can trace their lineage back to some slave plantation in the u.s or in the caribbean or what have you so South America, even Canada, by the way, Canada had slavery quiet as it's kept. But the author of the piece, she uses the kind of language that you expect if you're in the if you're somebody with the white media decides to publish. Of course, there's going to be the talk about I'm proud of the US and I'm proud of my family suffering in the US. And well, you know, sometimes America seems to prefer to offer its bounty to others sometimes, not all the time, but just every once in a while, it seems like it. I'm not sure if it is, but sometimes it kind of seems that way. That's that kind of mandy-pandy language that we can't afford. But nonetheless, the writer, I guess, in order to keep her credibility, she felt like if she was going to tackle this one, the, the outcry, especially for the black grassroots, was simply too loud to be ignored. So she starts off by warming up to it. She can't come up the middle. I guess she's a little bit nervous. But as she gets closer to what the inevitable confession is that she's going to have to make, she actually tries to lump us in with everyone else as if everybody's been fighting as much or as hard as we have, and that just ain't true. She actually writes, as Black Americans and descendants of U.S. slaves continue to fight for the civil rights we were promised, on the one hand that she makes a distinction she draws a distinction between black americans and descendants of us slaves that's one thing but the problem with it happens to be she's not drawing it as it needs to be done we, that's the reason why we say black immigrants even when talking about roly poly and talking about Sheila jackson lee and such so i think mean,
1: I've been here for like 80 years. You can you can call
0: me no immigrant. Well, the reason that we're saying that is because of where your folks come from. We're drawing the distinction based on ancestry, based on lineage, based on bloodline, based on a specific ethnic culture. That's what we're drawing the distinction based on. So again, this is somebody who, for whatever reason, you can tell that she's she's nervous about her white editors or whatever white person is going to read this before <laughs> publication, whether or not they're going to like what they see. As black Americans and descendants of U.S. slaves, that's the same thing. That's tautological. That's, that's redundant. You need not say black Americans and descendants of U.S. slaves, but she's warming to it because clearly she's not very comfortable with what she knows that she needs to say, what needs, what, what the truth that she has to say. But nonetheless, I guess she gets up some of her little courage or she feels she can't avoid it any longer because in the very next paragraph, she finally comes out and says it with centuries old roots in the United States, black Americans who are descendants of American slaves. And that's all you need to say, there it is. See, that wasn't so hard, now was it? Somebody should go ahead and tell the author of this piece, Miss Pamela Denise Long, to descendants of American slaves. See, that wasn't so hard to say. That's what the title of the piece should have been. That's what the title of this op-ed should have been. Don't sit here trying to tiptoe around the issue and you're going to try to use all of this sneaky weasel word, should black Americans. She sits here and draws a distinction between black Americans and descendants of American slaves. So what she, if what she means is descendants of American slaves, that's what the headline should have been. But they're terrified to get anywhere close to this because this talks about the power distribution and the little tricks the white supremacy has tried to use to forestall that day. So it's a matter of this is so scary to them, so terrifying to them. Even the ones who pretend like they're going to talk about it, they're so scared they can't even say it. It's like, let's put it in the piece somewhere. We'll go ahead and mention it in the piece. Not very often. But don't put it in the headline. We're not trying to promote this. So Pamela Long, this article here, just from the headline alone, you bogus. But of course, what she's thinking is I it would be awkward for me to be on a panel you know, if I ever get on one. You know, my, I might blow my cable my chances of being on some white cable news channel. But it would be kind of awkward. Yeah, telling the truth is awkward. But there you go. The language that you thought was confined only to the spaces where we are. This is what's the result of your efforts. Those of you who are the black grassroots, the B1, this is what you have done. You are the force multiplier. When you guys are watching the videos that get posted and you're retweeting what it is that we put out there, our posts, and when you guys are doing your own work to help spread the word and establish what the truth is, you guys are the reason this is happening. They can't avoid it. They can't ignore it. They can't pretend like it's not there. Oh, sure, they can try to go ahead and put their little pathetic spin on it. They can try to... To use some mealy mouth weasel words, but they can't avoid the truth. So there you have it. You got Newsweek. As far as they're concerned, well, we got to say why. Because we, the black grassroots, we have made this part of normal, regular parlance. Because if you depend on the messy Jessies and the Al Hartons and the rally polys and the Joy and the Angela Rise will let and tomatoes on the side. If you depend on the white media's hand-picked bootlicks, you will never get the truth spoken. Black will always be a dirty word. Black interest will always be watered down and minimalized and marginalized. Hell, even this Pamela Long woman sitting here saying, Our country sometimes seems to prefer well, hell, if you're that damn uncertain about it, if you're really not sure whether or not it's a constant problem, then it doesn't sound like a big problem at all. And if you're not sure whether or not the problem exists or if it only seems to exist, then maybe you should go do some research and find out whether or not it's a big problem and whether or not it's a persistent one, whether or not it even exists. Because she seems to be very confused. Yeah, we don't want to sound too militant, do we, while we're stating basic facts. Don't want to seem too militant. But this is what the Black grassroots have done. And later on in the article, she also states descendants of American slaves, this time in isolation. She doesn't even put the Black Americans on the front of it. So that lets you know that apparently as she wrote it, she started to feel a little bit more confident with herself, or at least she felt a little less self-conscious. Or perhaps she felt that she could finally just go ahead and say it. America owes a huge debt to descendants of American slaves. There you have it. The kind of verbiage, the kind of sentiment that you thought these guys were not hearing about. The thing about the white media is they hear about us, they know about us, they've known about us for over a decade and a half now, okay? They've known about us, but they're scared to bring it up, they're terrified. And don't go kidding yourself. This Denise Long woman, she's not bringing this up to do us any favors. This Pamela, this Pamela Long woman, she's not bringing this up to do us any favors. This is part of what they are hoping is going to be a pivot. I told you about that with um, Val Demings, CNN sitting here mentioning she's descended from slaves in the U.S. What they're doing is they can't ignore the fact that we are bringing our interest to the forefront. To threaten white supremacy, toppling white supremacy, not allowing any more tethers, not allowing any more of these hangers on, not allowing any more of these people who are just here to try to claim to be black until they get foot in the country. As soon as they get their green card, you are cutting the guys. We're not allowing that. That game's come to an end. And since white supremacy never intended to bring in a whole bunch of black immigrants just enough to give themselves some good optics to manufacture some good optics for themselves to manufacture some talking points beneficial to the anti black racist narrative so they would have themselves their own curated homegrown cherry picked group that they could point to in isolation because most of them black immigrants ain't doing so hot. But they'll point to a few of them and say, well, you know, on balance, it seems like a number of them are doing better. And why? They don't seem to complain about racism, and you shouldn't either. That's what the game has been. Well, that game's being spoiled now, because apparently all of these black migrants thought that they were actually on the team. They actually told them, they actually believed that mess. And white supremacists haven't let them know, no, when we say immigrants and immigration, that don't include black folks. That includes these Latinos, that includes the Asians, Europeans. It ain't, don't mean black and they're making sure that that is loud and clear. So since that game is beginning to meet its tragic end, we have to make sure that we clarify our position, or should I say re-clarify it, and we're not going to allow the white media to start playing the game of pushing a bunch of homegrown Negro bootlicks, okay, we the most dependable bootlicks would be the ones who are glad just to be here. They just stepped off the boat or swam across the Rio Grande a few minutes ago. Well, we're going to go ahead and go back to the old game, the David Clarks, the Clarence Thomases, blah, blah, blah. We're not allowing any pivot. And they think they're going to use our words to do it. That's the reason why you see them trying to adopt and co-opt our verbiage. They're not doing it to do us any favors. They're not doing it as any sort of concession, at least not the way you would think of it. They're doing it because they don't have a choice. We've taken control of the social discourse within the black community. We have sidelined and marginalized the bootlicks. Nobody's listening to the joke reads. Nobody's listening to the Roly Poles or the Jonathan Parts or the rest of these clowns. Nobody gives a damn what the Jason Johnson says or the Ely Mistal, the Eli Mistals, I should say. We got the bastards on the defensive And we are keeping them there. And that's how it's supposed to be. They do not reflect nor they give a damn about what the black consensus actually is. They're trying to say whatever they think is going to be good enough for their good white paymasters to go ahead and float them another check. They're looking out for themselves. Well, we're looking out for the group. And there is no road in between. You cannot serve white supremacy and serve black empowerment, that's impossible. So you got Newsweek who felt compelled that they got to use some of our language. They feel compelled like they got to go ahead and talk like us for the sake of having credibility. And the longer that we continue what we're doing, the more deeply ingrained and engraved our wording, our language, our speaking is going to become into the discourse. Words matter. That's why when I did that video over a decade ago, we're all Detroiters. Now, one of the things I pointed out is is as black folks who came out of slavery in this country, we keep using the wrong language. Words like economic opportunity. What the hell does that even mean? It means nothing. Then we talk about jobs, and that's exactly what they gave us, jobs. We need businesses, something that we own. Change the wording. When you change the wording, you change what you're talking about. Change what you're talking about, you're going to be changing what you're fighting about. There are other examples, of course. This Pamela Long woman's not her, her piece ain't the only one, but it just goes to show that hot on the heels of what it is that we have been doing, you got the white media trying to catch up. That's what they're doing. They're playing a game of catch up. They hear what's being said, and, yeah, you're not seeing them running around talking about black folks putting on the cape for all of these migrants. Oh, there's been the asinine attempt to say, well, there were a dozen people standing in front of City Hall in Chicago. Yeah, most of them migrants. Well, there were some black folks in California. Man, the people in California, they march just because it's Tuesday. If it's a day that ends in a Y, somebody in California is doing some demonstrations. I don't mean a damn thing to me. But what you don't see is, you don't see sort of nationwide demonstrations that migrants ain't got the numbers. As TBA pointed out, they're sitting here going,
1: can you, can you, can you,
0: can you, can you, can you um, black folks lend your voices to ours? No, we cannot. This is what standing on your own looks like. You wanted to be your own little group, you thought you were better than, go ahead and take all the little rhetoric you've been using, take it to those white supremacists who are whipping you and rounding you up and shipping you back. Go ahead and see if it impresses them. You've been telling yourselves that you're exceptional all this time. Then take your exceptional behind-to-them white supremacists and go ahead and tell them how valuable you are to them. Come on, you've been telling this lie all this time. Don't stop now. See, this is why, as the black media, we do not and are not about to take any cues from the white media. We're not about to change anything that we're saying just so that we can try to somehow ingratiate ourselves with them those guys they happen to be telling lie after lie and their job is to try to control public opinion particularly black folks opinion our job is to liberate black opinion that's the reason why when mike bloomberg ran his damn to fail (laughs) presidential campaign the white media started off by saying that stop and frisk didn't seem to be hurting bloomberg with black voters and then he went down to Brown Chapel AME Church. And next thing you know, the congregation went and turned their backs on them the very next day. They say, Oh, stop and frisk, just sink Mike Bloomberg's campaign. See, they'll tell these lies big if they think that they can get away with it. They know that what they're saying are lies. They know that most of the headlines and most of the articles and stories they write are pure propaganda. They know there's nothing but BS and lies. But what they don't know is whether or not you're still going for it that they don't know. And when you prove that you're not when you prove that you're thinking and acting and standing for yourself and speaking for yourself, then what happens is these guys like a bunch of snakes, they start trying to slither away from what they've said, trying to find a way to to pivot to something else, anything else. Because while you had the black media telling the truth about what was really going on regarding the Haitian migrant crisis, you had the appropriately named Charles Blow, who was trying to run defense for Biden and looking too ridiculous in the process. His arguments quickly became an incoherent mess, as we've shown with all of these Biden butt kissers. Because the black media has made it where they can't run away from Biden's lies. They can't just say, "Oh, Biden just went in and, and things are going great for black folks." And ain't you glad that Biden's in there? And on top of that, you've had some self-inflicted wounds that have happened. You had all this stuff. You know, obviously, um, Biden was expecting there weren't going to be so many events and so many crises that would happen on his watch. But you know, that's the nature of incompetence. We tend to create our own demons. But Charles Blow and the rest of the bootlicks. What's been happening is they've been trying to basically do an apology for old Joe Biden. They've been trying to basically say, Oh, we're sorry the black folks feel some kind of way. And they're trying to speak out of both sides of the necks, and it just don't work. Blow couldn't deny the horrifying optics that were going on down the border. So he didn't even try this for a white media bootlick. This is what qualifies as being clever, I suppose. Instead, he talked about it in minimalist terms, as if it was some sort of ugly verbal argument that was going on down there and not a targeted mass deportation of black people. He was trying to support his Democratic leftist masters and pretend like he was addressing the masses of black Biden supporters who now felt like the idiots they are for having supported this man. And yes, I said it. There is no excuse for being this stupid this late in the game. All of that. Black folks who apparently have programmed themselves with that line about, well, so-and-so is too dangerous, and so-and-so is this. As black folks, you got some black folks who are just addicted to being scared. You got some black folks who don't seem to understand white supremacy is kicking you from the left and the right. It's not a matter of ooh, if we if we don't vote this kind of ways, ooh, this bad stuff's gonna happen. You have to show me where these white supremacists on the left have been protecting black people before you can tell me that So-and-so is too dangerous, or what will happen to us? It's just too scary what will happen to us if so-and-so gets into office or remains in office. You have to show me where the so-called alternative candidate has done anything to protect us. Otherwise, you don't have an argument. But that's what's going on here. Blow starts off with a question. How much of this can black people stand? That's a false premise right there. When it comes to anti-black racism, there is no amount that we can afford to stand. But he starts off with the premise of black folks, we should, just need to hang in there. How much of this can we take? He doesn't start off from the standpoint of black folks have had enough. He, he doesn't start off from the, from the standpoint of we've been pushed too damn far and how long before black folks are tearing stuff up again. He doesn't start off from that standpoint. But then again, Charles Blow like the rest of the black bootlicks in the white media, They know that there ain't some, there's not some groundswell of black folks in this country who are willing to put on the cake for these migrants. The worm has turned. Oh no, that ship has sailed and sank out at sea with all hands aboard. What's happening is you got the majority of black folks in this country who came out of slavery in the U.S., the descendants of American slaves, Mrs. Long. And what's happening is the vast majority of black folks in this country understand that these migrants have made it excruciatingly clear that as far as they're concerned they're not with us they're not one of us they are distinct and different from us and what we're saying is okay as you wish and when it comes to dealing with these white supremacists you need to be distinct and different from us on that too oh you don't want to be anywhere near us good when these white supremacists are coming at you and whipping you on the border you'll be staying the hell away from us too you need support stay the hell away from us It is every man for himself, remember? But that's that's just goes to show that even when you're trying to craft your propaganda, when you start off trying to prop up a lie, you immediately lapse into incoherence. Blow goes on to say that having Biden in the White House is exponentially better than Trump. Oh, really? Because I can't see how it's any different other than in rhetoric, barely. And for anyone with an IQ higher than their shoe size, they understand that that's a distinction without a difference. Ah, but these are the white media bootlicks we're talking about, so there's no accounting for intelligence. And you can tell that the black bootlicks of the white media's employed are getting more and more nervous as they see the little influence they pretended and told themselves they have has evaporated in the face of the black media. Yeah, when you don't have the only place where black folks are talking being MSNBC and CNN, when you don't have a white media monopoly that gives you the ability to spout gibberish without contest and without reputation, you can pretend as if you got influence. But now you got these folks out here who actually speak for the streets. And what you're finding is nobody wants to hear what you have to say. And the Charles Blows are becoming very, very nervous. They should be. He tries to go ahead and replay the old golden. Well, Biden, he's better than Trump. If that were true, it wouldn't have to be said, now would it? If Biden was really better than Trump, then why do you have to say it? Blow goes on to push the perverse idea that we are obligated to choose one of the two major parties at come election time and that, quote, protest abstentions are suicidal. This is the same line of crap we heard last year. These guys have got no new material. Well, for all of you black Biden supporters out there, you voted for the lesser of two evils. How's that working out for you? You happy with your choice? Don't you see the diff? Come on, this is a lot different, ain't it? Hell, even Newsweek had to point out that Biden has as many migrants in private detention centers and private prisons as Trump did. I'm still waiting to see this difference. If Biden's better than Trump, ain't he supposed to be different? I mean, you see the level of self-deception and deliberate suspension of common sense that you have to engage in just to go along with the garbage that this guy says. Blow then goes on to tell a bald-faced lie. He says, it's not that Biden hasn't advanced policies that benefit the African-American community, efforts that the White House is quick to laud, as it should, when he faces criticism. Well, that's three lies for the price of one. First of all, we've been showing from day one that Biden hasn't done a damn thing for black people. That's why Blow sits here and says, Biden's done things that benefit us. But he can't actually name any of these alleged policies. Shouldn't he be giving us the rundown, especially in the face of a political crisis for Biden like this? He ought to be pointing out, well, before, you know, before all of you black folks decide that maybe
1: you've got buyer's remorse with Biden, we need to list to you all the good stuff
0: he's done. This is just a bump in the road. Remember, Biden, he's got our backs like he's said. That's what he should be doing. He should be giving us the rundown of all the stuff Biden's done that black folks ought to be grateful for. Instead, he don't say a damn thing. He just says Biden's benefited black Americans, and then he moves right along. I told you about that same crap that came out of the griot. They're sitting here saying that Biden's policies secure Generation Z's future. Then when you read the article, it's nothing but proposal, 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 proposal. They know that they're professional BS artists selling us a line of bull. But again, they want to see, are you dumb enough to fall for it? Biden's done things for everyone, including billions of dollars for Afghan refugees, but he had done nothing for us. What two or three insincere promises that he was forced to make during the campaign because he, he had his back to a corner, we had a boxed in. But the few insincere promises he made last year, he's already declared in the first month or two of his administration, he ain't doing none of it. So this is Charles Blow trying to keep his white pay masters happy, especially when you're sitting here slinging the slime for the New York Times. This is the kind of lies you got to tell. They expect him to blatantly lie and lie big. Otherwise, he ain't going to get no more of these make work token op-ed pieces, no more guest panels on MSNBC. He gets kicked out of the white media's pet Negro club and bootlicks like Charles Blow. They know exactly what that means. You get banished to the media ghetto alongside Goldie Taylor, Star Jones, and Roly Poly Martin. Charles Blow then sneakily transitions from a lie to literally praising Biden for nothing. He takes the non-existent benefits that Biden hasn't given to black folks. And then he says that Biden's White House Brags on itself, and they should. Really, he of course knows that this is crap, and even if people are slow enough to believe it, he realizes that we just had four years of a president who the white media pretended to wag their finger at because he was nothing more than a braggart, who boasted about himself full time, and now, but you got blow remarking that Biden and his administration should be giving themselves a pat on that. They should be okay. quick to laud what they've done for the black community. Why is it then if they've done so much for the black community? I would think that would be self-explanatory. I would think that black folks would be singing Biden's praises on their own. They wouldn't need him to leave the chorus and to sing his praises all by himself. But that's the thing, ain't nobody singing Biden's praises. So you got boot licks like blow, who's sitting here trying to get something going. Come
1: on, everybody. Let's have another round of how great Biden art, how all the stuff he's done for us. All black folks out here, every Negro in America knows how much good Massa Biden's done for the black community. Ain't that right, everybody?
0: So Blow tries to split the baby and say that Biden's cabal of cronies praise themselves for their imaginary support of the black community and Blow has the nerve to say as they should. So we have a blustering gang of braggarts in the White House telling everyone how great they are and the would be spokesperson for black folks says that they should based on absolutely nothing. Now, obviously, of course, Charles Blow is auditioning for a White House gig Obviously, as far as Blow's concerned, he should have gotten himself some sort of upgrade. The white media should have given him some sort of at least weekend show. Hell, if Jonathan putting on his cape heart gets something. I guess Blow's like, i kiss more butt than this guy ever has. I don't, I don't know why I can't get something. Well, that's obviously he's over there part-time with Mark Lamont, you big dummy shill over at BNC, that little dying, sinking ship. That little dingy raft with nothing but holes in it. As far as lowest is concerned. Oh God, I'm on Skid Row. I got to get the hell out of here before I wind up doing a little struggle closet show with Roly Poly Martin. So this is what he has to do. This is, this is what you're reduced to when you're a black bootleg for the white media. This is what you got to lower yourself to. Oh yeah. He's letting them know he understands he's got to lie and lie big and that they're quick to brag on themselves. And if they put him on the payroll, he'll go ahead and he'll lend his melanin to validate their lives. Given the conditions of the border last week, Blow should be heaping scorn on Biden. Instead, the most that he could muster to say was, there's an appraisal of Biden at this point that isn't kind. Ordinarily, I would ask, at least rhetorically, how do these bootlicks look at themselves in the mirror? But you know, the truth of the matter is, either they don't look at themselves in the mirror, and in the case of Roly-Poly Martin, I can certainly understand why, you call that creature a vampire. Yeah, that sounds about right for these bootlicks. Now, this is yet another fool desperately trying not to admit that the black media was right. That's what this is. They're trying to do cleanup operations for Biden, for the few of them who dare to address it. Because most of them know, as we saw with Newsweek, they know what the black consensus is and they know who it is who has aggregated that consensus. And what they also understand is, no, nah, you can't be getting out here deciding that you're going to do the old, well, Massa Biden knows best. So they're playing a game of headlines that claim to otherwise be critical of Joe Biden. Then when you read the damn thing, you find that it's nothing but support. And that what Noam Chomsky talked about? The most sophisticated form of propaganda. When something claims to be opposition, when in reality, it's actually support. And remember how earlier in his little op-ed piece, That Blow was saying that Biden was exponentially better than Trump? Well, that didn't last very long because just a little later in his piece, Blow recounts how Trump called black nations asshole countries and how Biden responded on Twitter by saying we're better than this. And by better than this, Biden was saying the U.S. is better than Trump. But what does Blow say? Deporting these Haitians is worse, not better. So in only a few paragraphs, we've gone from Biden is exponentially better than Trump to this is worse, not better. See, this is what happens when you try to whitewash something you know isn't true. You wind up tying your forked tongue in knots. This is what the black bootlegs are doing because of the pressure that we're putting on them. Oh, they love to do the usual, let's go ahead and soft shoe tap dance for these white supremacists. We're going to say that it's all coming up roses and black folks are just so happy. Now, the days of pulling the Bill Clinton two-step those days are behind us. You're not going to be doing the crap where Bill Clinton goes to Harlem and you say, oh, Black folks just love Bill Clinton, just look here, looks here. Oh, don't you see how happy is?" is? You're not going to get away with that crap anymore. You're not going to have the ability to try to paint your own reality. The Black media is going to force you to have to deal with the real one. These bootlicks know what the reality is. They know what the facts are. They also know what the Black consensus actually is, and that is the facts. The facts are what we are saying. And they know that it's ridiculous for them to speak against it. They can't ignore it. They can't pretend like it's not there, which is what they used to have the ability to do. The white media decided what was out of sight and out of mind so they could tell their lies, even though that they knew was totally untrue. But that's okay because it's not as if anyone's out there speaking with a voice loud enough to be heard to counter you. So whatever you say, there'll be a few people who grumble about it, but nobody will know about it. Well, now everybody knows about it. And what are they trying to do? They're sitting here, sound like a bunch of schizophrenics, trying to have it both ways. Blow knows exactly how this looks to black people, especially those who voted for Biden. While those of us in the black grassroots, were not shocked at all. And we're certainly not crying any tears. Those who were desperately hoping that the white left arm of white supremacy was somehow gonna be different. Those clowns are totally shocked because they listened to people like Charles Blow and Joke Reed and Roly-Poly Martin as these fools were auditioning for a job from the Biden administration. And now here the reality is that the black media told you that Biden would be no different, no better than Trump. And here we got Charles Blow just a mere nine months into his boy Biden's administration and he's forced to say the same thing this is worse, not better. Now, this is not to say that we endorse either candidate. Neither political party is in our our corner. And that's the point that we were trying to get across to folks. While Blow and Capehart and others were lying through their teeth and trying to tell Black folks that the government's racism would evaporate as soon as Biden took the oath of office, we knew better. It didn't go anywhere. The only difference is because you have a so-called Democrat in the White House. What's happening is the normal outrage that should be there is not there. Oh, there is certainly people like myself who are pointing out, hey, look at what Biden's doing. And we're making sure that people are focused on Biden because the needle that the bootlicks are trying to thread is that you can't really criticize the policy without criticizing the policy maker And since the policymakers are the people who these bootlegs are desperately trying to get a job from, well, we have to criticize the policy, but we got to do it in a way where we we don't criticize the man who makes the policy. As they see, that don't work. At least they're hoping you don't see that that doesn't work. Next time you got some of these black bootlegs who are trying to tell you that Biden's different and better than Trump, you can take a look at how he's treating these black migrants from Haiti, and that tells you everything you need to know, because do you truly believe that those horseback? bigots down there in Texas swinging their reins at those guys, do you think that that was somehow happening in a vacuum that Biden's folks didn't know about it? You notice that he ain't said about it, nobody's getting punished, and what's happening is Biden's not personally apologizing for anything. That's because he ain't sorry. They were doing it on his orders. And you know who else ain't got a full head of steam? Kamala Harris. Oh, I'd love to see those sorority sisters who were her secret weapon, quote unquote, last year. Yeah, they've been real quiet. So much for ski-wee. The bootlegs are going nuts right now. Like a computer that's got a glitch. They're just... uh, Biden good, Biden bad. Biden better than Trump. This is worse than Trump. Black media is not letting you forget about Biden's mountains of lies. His broken promises. Which means we're not letting the feckless liars like Charles Blow, who carried water for him, be forgotten about either. We're not letting the bigots like Biden or their bootlicks, lies, be forgotten. We're going to make sure that everybody is held to account. We're going to make sure that none of this stuff is allowed to fall down the memory hole. That's the reason why they're sitting here having to go through these insincere motions right now like they are. They can't distance themselves from Biden, per se, because we won't let you forget how they were backing him to the hilt, and as you see with Blow, they're still lying for him. And this clown has the nerve to tell us that we have to vote for one party or the other, that protest abstentions are suicidal. Well, ask the kin folks of these Haitians, don't ask Polly or Kareem Stud Pierre, they don't give a damn, but ask the other folks you find in Miami and New York, ask them if supporting Biden was suicidal. Ask the families of black people murdered by the police if Biden's lies about a police accountability commission were suicidal. White supremacy created both the Democrats and the Republican parties. Hiding your head in the sand and pretending that either one of them is better than the other, that's what's suicidal. What neither Charles Blow nor the other Democrat shills ever addresses is the fact that if you're voting for the lesser of two evils, then you're still supporting evil. Somebody who violates a child is no better than somebody who has murdered a child. I don't I don't get points off for either one of them. Oh, we should go with the lesser of two evils, at least the child is still alive. I would have the punishment to be the same regardless. I don't support one and go, well, it's better that children should be violated than they should be killed. Kwame Ture, aka Stokely Carmichael, he said that moral people do not support evil, period. And he was right. Because if you're supporting the lesser of two evils, you're still backing evil. That helps white supremacy. You have to abandon your position and take theirs. That's what they're saying. When you let rhetoricians like Charles Blow tell you that you have to choose evil candidate A or evil candidate B, then you're agreeing to limit your choices to evil and nothing else. You're choosing evil. You have decided to become an accomplice in evil. What a moral commentator would have said, if Charles Blow had any morality, he would have said that black people need new choices. He would have said that neither party works for us. Hence, we need to turn our backs on them both. That's what the discussion should be. If neither one of the parties is doing what we want, then it's time for the people to get a new party. You don't tell the people, no, you need to stick with this. Ain't neither one of them doing what you want. You need to go ahead and suffer like this. You you don't need to do nothing about it. What you would be doing if you were moral is you'd be saying, whoa, government's supposed to be serving the people's interests, and if neither party serves the the people's interests, we need some new parties. That would be the entirety of the discussion, but it's not. Instead, he begins his propaganda piece with a false premise that black people have no choice. That is, if we follow what the bootlegs say. We do have a choice. See, that's what the MAGA maggots were saying on January 6th. But that's a discussion for another day. All the self hate that these clowns engage in, the bootlicks are a bottomless well of self hate. And speaking of self hate, I guess with the NAACP summer luncheon over, Roly Poly's feeling kind of hungry. Yes, them hunger pains are getting to him, and it's still another month or two until the Urban League fall fish fry. So he's going to go hang out with George Lopez. Now, you guys remember George Lopez, don't you? Happily, cheerfully making jokes about how Latinos don't like black folks. You better not bring a black person to a Latino home. That's the kind of stuff, that's the kind of comedy routine that George Lopez does, and apparently Roly Poly Martin digs it too. Oh yes, over here in the B1, we judge you by the company you keep. I guess for Roly-Poly, this is the black-brown alliance that he wants. You know, we the Latinos go ahead and use black folks at the butt of every joke. And Roly-Poly said, let's support what they're doing. That's, that's, that's a perfect, perfect example of the black-brown alliance. So keep on losing, Roly. This scumbag is also saying that black people need to get in Senator's mansion and cinema's faces and to get things done. We need to get in their faces so they can get things done for who? For what? What are we going to get for getting in their faces? Because we don't want Republicans making it harder for black folks to vote. Well, we put the Democrats in power. We voted them into power. And what have we gotten for it? Voting is meaningless. And when you vote for people, they don't do a damn thing for you. They say, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. And then as they get in there, okay, forget you niggas. That's what Biden did. Police Accountability Commission, lift every voice. We're gonna bring Ice Cube to the White House. We're gonna talk to him so he's got an office on Police Accountability Commission. They'll give it to Congress, I don't give a damn. Uh, lift every voice, I don't, I'm, a, I'm not much of a singer. Ice Cube, I don't know who the hell you're talking about. That's what happened when you voted for Biden. And what have the Democrats done to support black people and protect black people? What have they done to reward black people for our vote? They've had nine freaking months. What have they done? I've seen what they've done for these other groups. Money moves when it comes to these other groups. Laws get passed. Other groups, the Asians, they're not as numerous as us. They don't represent as much buying, buying power as us. They dang sure don't represent as many votes as us, and yet they pass laws. And what have black people gotten? We've gotten a, we just can't do it. Oh, we, we're trying, we're trying, we we just can't do it. So what are black folks supposed to get in Senator's mansion and cinema spaces for? There has to be an end game here, right? We're not just doing it as an empty political exercise, right? What are we getting? What things are they going to be doing for us? What are we demanding in exchange for getting in their faces? See, if you get in their faces, then that helps roly-poly. Because he can claim, he can point and say, I I, I got some of these these gullible Negroes to to, to, to do the DNC's. Can I get a a weekend show? I I can't get... can I get a hug? But at no point is there an or else for any of his asinine rantings. At no point is it ever made clear what we're going to get. See, Biden promised us a lift every voice plan that was no plan at all. Just the same old something for everyone. And, well, if it includes black people, then that means this is a black plan, too. you I, I wonder what white college bachelor degree holdings idiot came up with that talking point. We were promised a presidential level police oversight committee, which he immediately punted over to Congress claiming that he was too busy to do it. And Nancy Pelosi just punted the idea out the door. So if the goal is to keep Democrats in power, then the question we have to ask is what the hell have they done for us in the time that they've already been there? If they want to stay in power i need to see what they've done for me with the time they've already had black people do not exist on this earth for the benefit of white democrats their party ought to exist for our benefit in fact any political party or candidate who wants our vote should make it clear that the only reason they exist is to do for us no matter what these bootlegs tell you elections are a transaction quid pro quo, something for something. We gave our vote, and we've gotten ignored, or at, at best we get ignored, at worst we get outright refused. And political prostitutes like Roly, who are desperately hoping that there's some room in the White House basement besides Simone, Mammy Sanders, and Kareem Pierre he'll tell whatever lie he thinks he's got to. He's so used to being in a broom closet doing his pretend pro- podcast that he would consider being in the White House toilet to be a huge upgrade for him. He like, I, I, I didn't come up in the world. Oh, yeah, I didn't come up. Oh, the ends these bootlicks will go to just to get gainful employment. So we're going to keep the pressure on. We're going to keep the heat on the bastards. Oh, yes, they hear us and they fear us. And the worst part about it is we haven't even begun to put the pain on them. This is just what we're doing right now. Once we start aggregating real resources for what it is that we want, once we start making it where we're not simply limited to what it is that we've been doing up until now, that's when the pain really starts. But as far as white supremacy is concerned, they got to smother black empowerment while it's still in the cradle. They can't let this thing get enough strength to get to its feet. Right now, black empowerment is simply speaking loud enough to be heard. They're like, we got to stop this thing now. So here come the pitties. Let's see if we can appropriate their language or co-opt it. Uh, Let's see if we can keep some of them fools who are dumb enough to vote for Biden on the treadmill to nowhere. Keep them running in place. Keep telling them Biden's doing all these things for you. He's doing all these things for you. Because, of course, what they're counting on is that you're never going to ask, what the hell has he done? That's what they're counting on. And thanks to the black media, that game's come to an end. Thanks to you. It's come to an end.